<laughs> Good morning, New City. Ooh, let's try that again. Good morning, New City. Grateful to see you this morning. My name is Chris. I'm one of the pastors here. If we haven't had a chance to meet, I would love to do that today um, after the services. Uh, I want to start by just saying thanks for letting me uh, be away the last couple of weeks. Um, was able to be at Shaw Air Force Base where I serve as a, as a chaplain. Uh, and preached there, and we did a date night there, uh, like we did here at New City uh, for airmen, and was able to be available. But that's really an extension of our ministry from New City. And uh, I just want to thank you for allowing me to be there and represent you there and uh, serve a group of people that really need it um, and are in many ways underserved. And so uh, thanks for letting me do that, and I'm excited to be back. Um, Next week, we're starting a brand new series on the Great Commission. Uh, So I want to encourage you to read uh, Matthew 28, uh, 18 through 20, and I'll share a little bit more about that at the end of the service as we as we go today. But uh, really excited to share that message. But you're going to be really glad that I'm not preaching today uh, because you get to hear from one of my dear friends, uh, Jeff Wheeler. Uh, Jeff is the senior pastor at Central Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. How many of you know somebody from Sioux Falls, South Dakota? You do now, two people. Uh, My wife, Jen, is from Sioux Falls. And when we were there, uh, we go every summer. We were there four or five years ago, four or five summers ago. Uh, We went to church and attended. And uh, this guy was preaching. And Jen leaned over to me about halfway through the service and said, "Uh, you should preach like this guy. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I should should learn how to do this. Uh, But she said, "Um, you need to meet this guy. We need to meet him. Um, And just his passion for Jesus and his vision for their church and the work that uh, they're doing in Sioux Falls is incredible. And, and the message that you're going to hear today on Oikos, um, this idea of a, a household, a family of faith, um, and sharing that in your relational world is such a powerful message, and I think is going to fit perfectly into what we're starting next week in our series about finding and following Jesus and the Great Commission. So uh, would you join me in giving a, a warm New City welcome this morning to Jeff Wheeler. Well, good morning, everyone at New City. What a privilege to be here this morning. And I have to say, first of all, you that are sitting in those seats at the tables back there, like you've got the best seats in the house. Like at Dodger Stadium, you pay big money for home run seats. Did you know that? They're out on the wall in Dodger Stadium. And and good for you. Did you have to get here early to get that? Hey, let me just say this before we start this morning. In Ephesians chapter 4, it says that when when Jesus ascended on high, when he went back to heaven after giving his life and, and service here on the earth, it says that he gave gifts to the church. Uh, in, in the form of leaders, so apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers to equip the saints to do the work of ministry. God gave gifts to the church. He gave leaders. And you guys have some incredible gifts in Chris and Jen. I don't, I don't know if you, if you understand that. I don't know if you recognize that. I mean, seriously. God, God deposited His best gifts into this congregation to lead this congregation into the next season of your existence. And I want to encourage you to recognize this gift and to receive it. Don't resist it. Don't reject it. Re- receive the gift of instruction from this couple. Receive their love. Receive their guidance. Receive their counsel. Receive their correction. Re- receive that which God deposits in them 
to give to you. You know, on Christmas, there are, there are functional gifts like socks and underwear, right? And then there's gifts that can change your life like Xbox, right? <laughs> y- y'all got an Xbox when these guys stepped into leadership. And so receive them as a gift. I know you do, but, but just to remind you, that Jesus specifically gave these gifts to this church at this time for this purpose. And I tell you what, friends, God has an amazing purpose for this church and all the campuses. I've been, been with Chris this, this last couple of days just getting to know a little bit about what God's doing, and it's exciting. All right, if you have a Bible this morning, I'd like you to, I hope you do, I hope you bring Bibles every week so you can read the text with Chris or whoever's speaking as they go. Turn to Mark chapter 5. If you can find the New Testament, you're close, because Matthew is the very first book of the New Testament. Mark is the second book of the New Testament. Let's pray together as you're turning to Mark 5. God, thank you this morning for New City Church and the the, the humbling privilege to, to speak into this congregation this morning. Guide my words. Give me your thoughts. Help me to, to speak with your intentions this morning, Father. And I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Before I, I, I launch into my message this morning, let me tell you a little bit about my family. So uh, last Monday, my wife, Shirlene, and I celebrated 41 years of marriage. She's, uh, she looks like she's 30. I look like I'm about 80. And I'm okay with that. And then, then we have three adult children and five grandchildren. They're scattered all around the U.S., St. Louis and Houston and Southern California. Uh, this was in San Diego, the first week of June. We all ran the San Diego Rock and Roll Marathon. Some of us ran the 5K. Some of us ran the half marathon. Just a great time to be together. My daughter-in-law on the left, who's pregnant there, had the baby June 22nd. So that, that gave us five grandkids. So we're excited to get around the country and see them as often as we can. Um, I, I am from Sioux Falls, but originally from Southern California. I lived there for 40 years. Um, and uh, when, when I applied for the, the position in, in, Cross, uh, for, uh, for, uh, in Sioux Falls at Central, um, I didn't, they offered me the position. I really didn't know anything about Sioux Falls. I didn't really know much about South Dakota. I knew one thing about South Dakota, and that is when the pioneers went from the east, the east coast, they tried to get to California, they died when they crossed through South Dakota (laughs) because it was so cold, no living thing was meant to survive in that kind of cold. Well, we've been there 11 years, and we we love the church, we love what God's doing, and and so that's just a little bit about me. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you have both a natural and a spiritual calling. You have both a natural calling and a spiritual calling. I was reminded of this by something that John Wooden said. Now, if you don't know who John Wooden is, John Wooden is the Hall of Fame basketball coach at UCLA. He's retired now. He coached in the 60s and 70s, 10 national championships, seven consecutive national championships, arguably the best college basketball coach ever. And when I, when I uh, from, from 2005 to 2010, I was teaching Bible at a Christian high school and coaching high school basketball. I had coached basketball for a lot of years. And I had stepped out of, I was stepping out of coaching to step back into church ministry. It was just sort of a reprieve. I'd kind of burned out in ministry. So five years of teaching and coaching, and I was, I was stepping back into pastoral ministry. Well, the, the parents and I had a great relationship with my players, great kids. It was, it was a great run, and they wanted to do something special for me as I was leaving. And so they knew that I loved John Wooden, and one of the dads on the team had this book 
by Wooden, and it was actually autographed by John Wooden. Um, but they wanted, to, they wanted to get me a personal autograph from John Wooden. And this dad had a friend that knew John Wooden personally. So they went to his house. And they went and they, they, they talked for a second. They said, hey, hey, coach, um, this, this guy's son plays on this basketball team. And we wanted to know if, if you would so personally sign this book because Coach Wheeler loves you and he teaches your philosophy. Would you personally sign it? And John Wooden was 99 years old. And he said, no. He said, I can't. I don't, I don't do autographs anymore. I shake way too much. And they said, okay, well, let me, let me tell you about this coach. He's been coaching basketball for a lot of years, and he's stepping out of coaching to go into the ministry. He's going to be a pastor. And they said Wooden paused, and he said, oh, that's a higher calling. Let me, let me see what I can do. And they said for the next few minutes, he scratched out, I'm going to show it to you here, this autograph in this book for Coach Wheels, John Wooden, UCLA. That was February of 2010. He died in June of 2010. I got like the last autograph that John Wooden ever gave. What a, what a joy, what a, what a prize for me. But when, when Wooden said, oh, that's a higher calling, he wasn't saying that, that being a pastor is more important than being a basketball coach or any other profession. What he was saying was, our highest calling in life is serving God. Our highest calling in life is serving God. So, so you have a higher calling than being a school teacher. You have a higher calling than being a police officer or a probation officer or a nurse or a doctor or a construction worker or a stay-at-home mom. You have a higher calling in Christ than that. And I can summarize that higher calling in that one word, oikos. Oikos is more than a brand of Greek yogurt. Oikos is it's a Greek word that when it's translated into our New Testament, it's translated house or household or family or people. In the first century, an oikos, because most Roman and Jewish families had their own family business, um, your oikos was your, it was your family, it was your extended family, it was your friends, it was your servants, it was everyone who served in your family business. That was your, your oikos. In our, in our world today, how does that transfer? Well, your oikos are, are those people in your life that God has supernaturally and strategically set you in relationship with. It's people at your work that God has set you in relationship with. It's people at school that you have relationship with. It's people that you intersect with in the community that you have relationship with. It's people in your neighborhood that you have relationship with. See, you don't have relationship with everybody at your school, but you have relationships with some. You don't have relationships with everybody probably at work, but you have relationships with some or at school or in your community. That's your relational world. It's the people that God has supernaturally and strategically put you in relationship with. It's just your relational world. Think of who is in your oikos this morning. We have a saying that we say at Central Church in South Dakota, and I, and I preach this every once in a while, and it's this, when God called me, he had someone else in mind. When God called me, he had someone else in mind. What does that mean? It means that when God called you to himself, when God called you to salvation, when God called you to know him, it didn't end with you. That God had something else, someone else in mind. He had people in your relational world in mind. He got to you 
And now he wants to get to the people in your relational world. And there's an amazing story in Mark chapter 5 that talks about this principle of oikos. And we're going to read it beginning in verse 1. We're going to read the whole thing. Jesus and his disciples had gone from Capernaum on one side of the Sea of Galilee across there to the, the, the region called Gadara. And in Mark chapter 5, verse 1, it says this. So, so they arrived at the other side of the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as often he was, he snapped the chains from his wrist and, sh and smashed the shackles. He had super, super powerful demonic strength. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him and ran to, to meet him, and he bowed low before Jesus. And with a shriek, the demons inside said, why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. For Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus demanded, what is your name? And he replied, my name is Legion because there are many of us inside this man. Then the evil spirits begged him again and again not to send them to some distant place. There happened to be a large herd of pigs feeding on the hillside nearby. The demon said, send us into those pigs. Let us enter into them. So Jesus gave them permission. The evil spirits came out of the man and entered the pigs. And the entire herd of about 2,000 pigs plunged down the steep hillside into the lake and drowned. The herdsmen fled to the nearby town and surrounding countryside, and they spread the news as they ran. People rushed out to see what had happened. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus, and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed. He was naked before and perfectly sane. Everyone was afraid. Then those who had seen what happened told the others about the demon-possessed man and the pigs, how Jesus had cast the demons into the pigs, and the crowd began pleading with Jesus to go away and leave them alone. As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus said, no, go home to your family and tell them everything the Lord has done for you and how he's been merciful to you. So the man started off to visit the ten towns of that region and began to proclaim the great things Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed at what he told them. I don't know how this guy was still alive when Jesus found him. The story says that demons filled 2,000 pigs. That meant that 2,000 demons at least lived inside of this man. Can you imagine every day 2,000 voices screaming inside your head, just kill yourself, just take your life, you're worthless. Nobody cares about you. Nobody cares about your life. What, what trauma or tragedy or sin opened the door in this man's life for that kind of demon possession? Like, what had this guy been through in his life? He cut himself. He cursed himself. He hated his life. 
and he had no purpose. I can't believe he was alive when Jesus found him. And some of you this morning may identify with this man. Maybe some of you sense no purpose in your life. You feel worthless. Maybe you've had suicidal thoughts. Maybe you've tried to take your own life. Well, this man was in a moment completely set free by Jesus. In a moment, he was completely healed. No more voices, no more shame, no more torment. Put yourself in this guy's shoes. And all that he wanted to do was be with Jesus. All he wanted to do was get in that boat with Jesus, sail to the other side, and follow Jesus around and be with Jesus wherever he went. And Jesus said, no. Are you kidding me? Is he the biggest meanie you've ever met in your life? Jesus said, no. All this guy wanted to do was be with Jesus. Now, let me pause there for a second. Because if I'm Jesus, I have a different strategy. If I'm Jesus, I bring this guy with me and, and on the preaching circuit, and he shares his story before I preach every time. I was naked. I had 2,000 demons in me. Jesus came and freed me in a minute. And then I'd get up and preach, right? What a, what a great story. And Jesus said, no, you have a higher calling. You have a higher purpose in your life. And in verse 19, Jesus says this, and in, in the Greek grammar, it's really interesting. It's, it's horrible English grammar. But he says, go to the, your oikos. That's the way the Greek reads. Go to the, definite article, your oikos, meaning a specific group of people. Go to the, not, a, not an oikos, not any, any relational world, yours, the. And then he says, your own people. Your own people, meaning the ones you've been assigned. What is Jesus saying to the man? Go to the ones I've assigned you. Go to the ones that you're responsible for. Go to the ones that I have supernaturally and strategically set in your life relationally to share me with. He says, go and tell them how I've changed your life. Go and tell them what mercy is. Go and tell them my life was so screwed up, I couldn't get free. Go and tell them I deserved punishment, but all I received was love and mercy from Christ. Go and tell them. Now, let me ask you a question. If that was you, would you let crazy man represent New City in the community? I don't think I am. I don't think I'm letting crazy dude represent my church. I might say, okay, listen, if you take our two membership classes, and then you take our baptism class, and then you get water baptized, and then you take six classes on Bible doctrine, then I'll release you to go and share your story. We tend to do that in the church, don't we? We got to make sure you're right. Jesus said, no classes. You've been changed, so just go tell them. Go tell them how I changed your life. Go tell them what mercy is. 
And every one of you in your oikos and in your relational world are commissioned by Jesus. You are ready right now. Classes are great. Classes help us to better understand. And this sermon series coming up on the Great, it's great Commission, it's going to help you. It'll make you better. But, but if you're a Christ follower, if Jesus has set you free, you're commissioned by Jesus to go into your relational world and tell him what he's done in your life and tell him what mercy is. You're ready right now. See, this principle of oikos is through the whole New Testament. So in Luke chapter 19, Jesus encounters a man named Zacchaeus, a tax collector, and he gets saved. And you know what Jesus says to him? Jesus says to him, this man, I'm sorry, salvation has come to this, not tax collector, not salvation has come to this man. Jesus said, salvation has come to this, what do you think? Oikos. See, because when God called Zacchaeus, he had someone else in mind. He had the people in Zacchaeus' relational world. Salvation has come not just to this man, but it's going to come to this entire oikos. In Acts chapter 10 and 11, the story of a, a Roman military officer named Cornelius. And an angel appears to Cornelius and says to Cornelius, send for a guy named Peter because he has a message. And when he comes, when he shares this message, it will save you and your what? Say it out loud. Oikos, because, because when God called Cornelius, he had someone else in mind. See, when God called you, it wasn't just to end with you. There was more to the story that God wanted to do. In Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas preach the gospel in Philippi. They get beaten and thrown in jail. And the story says about midnight, they were singing hymns and praying, and God sent a miraculous supernatural earthquake and all of the chains fell off all of the prisoners, and the, the jailer was so scared that, that the prisoners were going to run away and be released that he picked up a sword to kill himself. And Paul said, hold, hold on, hold on, we're all here, don't worry about it. And a little later in the story, the, the Philippian jailer says to Paul, what must I do to be saved? And Paul says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your oikos. Jesus understood oikos, the angel understood oikos, the apostle Paul understood oikos. This principle of oikos is throughout the New Testament, but you know what? It's also throughout all of life because you have an oikos. Who is that? Who are those people that God has supernaturally and strategically set you in relationship with for the purpose of sharing the love of Christ with. Can you identify who those folks are in your relational world? So, so what does this look like in real life? I mean, when, when, let's earth it for a second. So a few years ago, a, a guy named Chris came to our church. He visited our church. This is a picture of Chris and I. Chris is a bodybuilder, and, and I like working out. So I, I connected with Chris, and we started working out together, and, and, and we started hanging out together, getting meals together and stuff. And, and one evening after a Saturday night service, Chris and I were talking. I said, Chris, where's the Lord in your life? And he said, you know what? And he was a, he's a recovering alcoholic. He's, he's been in recovery for 25 years. He said, you know, I'm really trying to be a better person. I'm really trying to help people. I go to these AA meetings. And I'm really trying to, to encourage people and help people. And as I dug a little bit deeper, I realized Chris didn't understand salvation by grace through faith. He was still trying to earn it. 
I said, Chris, let me explain to you what it means to be saved. You, 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 you trust Jesus completely for your salvation. You, you don't trust yourself. You don't think that there's, believe there's anything you can do in your life to earn salvation. And so after church right there, we were just out in the foyer, and, and Chris surrendered his heart to Jesus Christ. Because when God called me, he had Chris in mind. Well, fast forward a little bit. Chris moved to California. And just about a year ago, he calls me. He says, hey, Jeff, my, my son is still in, in Sioux Falls. And he, his girlfriend just broke up with him. He's devastated. He's going through a really hard time. He's not a Christian. Would you reach out to him? I said, of course. Because when Chris became part of my oikos, so did his son. And so I reached out to his son. And I said, hey, can, can we get together? Yeah, that'd be great. My dad told me you might call. So, so, so Jake and I got together and we started meeting. And, and as he's telling me through tears about this story, and this girl just broke up with him. And it's so horrible and awful. I said, well, by the way, it was a good thing that... I told him, this is probably the best thing that's ever happened to you. You'll, you'll, thank, you'll thank her later. But anyways, um, I said, where's God in all of this? He goes, I don't know. I, I said, God, God, God wants to be in your life, and he wants to walk you through difficult times like this. Would you like to receive Christ? He said, that, that's what I want. Because, because when God called Chris, he had Jake in mind. My, my wife's been a softball coach most of her life, and when our girls were younger, we, we coached their, their youth softball team, and one year I actually helped my wife coach. And there was a young girl on the team, her name was Ashley, and, and, and her parents were Steve and Denise Sanui. And so because we were coaches, we got acquainted with all of the parents, and we you know, became friends with them. And one day Steve came to me in private and said, he said, hey Jeff, he said, can you help us? Like, our marriage is in the tank. We're, we're ready to call it quits. And Shirlene and I began to meet with Steve and Denise, just have a softball, just that, that natural connection with our kids. And some of you understand those connections, just with other parents, and there's a natural sense of, of relationship. And so we began to meet with them, and we invited them to church, to our church. And they started attending church. And not, not long after that, uh, Steve and Denise gave their hearts to Christ. Th that's the way it works. Because when God called Shirlene and I to himself, he had, he had Steve and Denise in mind. When God called me, he had, he had Chris in mind, and he had Jake in mind. And when God called you, he had someone else in mind. Who is that in your life? Here's what I want you to do this morning. I want you to, I want you to do three things as you think about this concept. The first, I want you to identify your oikos. We have these, these Oikos cards we give to all of our, our people at Central. And on one side of the card, it's just got a, a blank space. And you write the names of everyone in your life that's near to you but far from God. And they write down the names of everyone in their relational world, everyone in their Oikos that doesn't know the Lord, but they have regular contact. It could be family members, could be friends, workmates, schoolmates, whatever it is. And we ask them to pray every day that God would open their hearts to Christ. And then we encourage them to, to serve and to minister to them. I, I, was, was share, I share Oikos all the time, and I, I shared it one morning, and, and a Nigerian girl came forward. And she said, I'm here on a student visa, tears streaming down her face. She said, I, I'm in, in a doctoral program, and the, the people that I'm around, the people in this program are, are atheists, or they, they don't know God, they don't care about God, they're not religious people. I'm so lonely. And, and I, I keep asking myself, why am I here? Why am I here? And when you told me about the principle of oikos, 
I realized I had a higher purpose. I realized that God had put me in relationship with this. He, he had assigned these people to me for a divine purpose. And she left with this tremendous hope, this tremendous sense of calling, this tremendous sense of identity and purpose in God that he had called her from her homeland here to the United States in order to reach a people for Christ. Who are the people in your relational world? Who, who do you need to identify? The second thing is, I'm going to ask you to invest in them. For them every day. Serve them. Be with them in difficult times. Help them. Love them. Encourage them. Go a little bit deeper in relationship. Be a good listener. I, I, I invested myself in Chris and in Jake and in Steve and Denise. And that's what you need to do as well. As you identify them, and then you invest, excuse me, invest your life into their life. Because God always works through the bridge of relationship. What's God doing in that relationship? And, and at some point, as you pray for them, they're going to begin asking you faith-based questions. They're going to start asking you about your relationship with God as you stay faithful to that. And the third thing is, I want you to invite them. I want you to invite them to church. Because something supernatural happens here that doesn't happen in a lot of other places. God promises to be powerfully present when the church gathers together. And you have no idea when you invite someone that doesn't know the Lord to come to church with you, and they come and they're sitting here. God is doing all kinds of things in their life that you don't even know about. So here's what happens when, when, when our people invite people to church and, and they come. So I'll get a text message the night before, and someone will say, hey, pastor, my aunt's coming to church tomorrow. She doesn't know the Lord. She's in my oikos. You better have your A game. That's what they say. <laughs> she, you better have your A game. Or, or they'll come to me Sunday morning, and as I'm greeting people out, like, like Chris does, and, and they'll, they'll come up and say, hey, my, my friend's here from work. They're my oikos. Don't suck today. That's what they say. Don't, don't suck today. When you sit in church, and maybe you're here this morning and you have a guest with you, that's awesome. You don't know what God may be doing in their life, but, but you feel differently about church, don't you, when there's someone that's with you that doesn't know God. Like, pastor better have his A game, worship team better sing the good songs today, coffee better be hot, everyone should come up and greet them, right, be loving toward them. This ought to be the most, most incredible experience they've ever had, because my oikos is here. And you know what? Every week, look around, every week somebody's oikos is sitting in here. And, and every week you have the opportunity to partner with people in your church to love those people, those oikos, into God's kingdom. And to make, so if you're running a camera this morning, if you're running sound this morning, if you're making coffee this morning, if you're on the worship team this morning, you're doing bulletins, whatever you're doing, you are serving oikos today. So don't suck, okay? Do it well, because when your oikos comes, you want everyone to do the same thing. So work together as a team to make this a great spiritual experience for those in your relational world. Let me close by talking about Tony. Tony's a member of our church. Uh, Tony gets oikos. Tony works for a, for a government construction company that digs, the, digs these massive tunnels. And Tony's a foreman. But the people at Tony's work call him the preacher because he shares Christ with people in his relational world. And Tony gets this oikos deal. And every time Tony gets a new pair of construction gloves, he gives them to me. And on those gloves, he has oikos written 
to remind him every day when he's at work. And Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's the power of God to save everyone. I didn't ask him for this. A few weeks ago, Tony sent me this video. Take a look. Good morning. This is the preacher. And the question for today is, who will you share the love of Jesus with today? And who's on your oikos? That's a good question to ask yourself to get ready for the day. Thanks a lot, and we'll see you all later. That's a good question to ask yourself as you begin your day. Who's my oikos, and who am I going to share the love of Christ with in my relational world? Maybe you're here today, and, and you know your life needs to change, but you're, you're living by your purpose not God's purpose. I would invite you today to a, rela a relationship with Christ. Maybe you're here this morning and you realize, I've got an assignment from God. I have a, a specific group of people that God has set in my life for a higher calling. And maybe you need to begin to identify and invest and invite those folks. Would you pray with me this morning? Jesus, we, we didn't create this plan. We didn't create this principle. It was, it was in your heart. And you, you so loved the world that you, Father, gave your son. And Jesus, you so loved the world that you laid your life down. And, and Lord, I'm thankful this morning that, that, that 1 Timothy says that, that uh, this is the reason that Christ came into the world to save sinners. So Lord, help us to hold fast to your purpose, to seek and save the lost. And like Tony says, Lord, every day when we get up, let's ask that question. Who's in my oikos? And who can I share the love of Christ with? Help us to do better at that, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you stand as we respond together? i
Thank you so much for being with us today. It's a joy to be together. I want to share a couple things before you go. If this is one of your first times at New City, I hope it won't be your last. We'd love to have you join our family here and be a part of this spiritual community. Um, Our simple purpose here is to help people find and follow Jesus. And the message we heard today just gives so much meaning to that in our relational world. 
you know, how can we help people find and follow Jesus in our relational world? So if you're wanting to be a part of this church, really easy way to do that today. Uh, go to Connection Point right out here in the courtyard. We've got a team there waiting to greet you. We'd love to tell you a little bit more and how you can get connected here. It would be a joy to do that. Uh, if you want to respond today in prayer, if there's something you want to pray about in your life, um, something you want to talk about, we'll have a team of folks up here afterwards. Uh, we're trying to do that every week now, uh, a prayer team that would love to pray with you right here after the message about anything going on in your life you want to respond to. And uh, Jeff will be up here. Jen and I will be up here. We'd love to meet you uh, afterwards. And then giving. Giving is a part of, of worship. If you're visiting here, please don't feel obligated to give. This is our gift to you, uh, this worship time together. But if you call New City your home, uh, part of the way we respond and worship to God is through giving. You can do that online or in the giving boxes when you leave today. There's also a prayer card in front of you. So if you have something uh, that you don't want to come down uh, forward and pray right now, but you want to let us know, we have a couple hundred people every week that pray. Uh, for prayer requests. And I was visiting with someone before uh, who's experienced a miraculous healing in their family. And uh, we were just visiting about that, how the prayer team had been praying for them for weeks. And there's just something powerful about hundreds of people from our church praying for that. So if you have something that you want us to pray for, you can go online and do that, or you can take the card and put it in the, uh, in the box on the way out or hand it to one of us. We'd love to do that. All right, I mentioned next week we're starting a brand new teaching series on the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20, a very simple passage. So your homework assignment is to go and read that this week. And this message next weekend, August the 7th, will be an all-new city message. So Matthews will be joining us for that uh, online. Uh, we'll be joining it, uh, the, the message. So everybody from New City will be hearing this together as we start this series, Find and Follow. So I want to encourage you to, to come back for that and, and uh, be a part of this series during the, the month of August. For those of you watching online, great to have you today. For those who may be watching from Central Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, Thank you for loaning your pastor to us. Uh, it was a joy to have Jeff with us today. Let's give him a round of applause and thank you for being here. Bless you, brother. Um, so uh, for those of you who may be watching from Central, we want to bless you and thank you for the gift that Jeff was and for teaching us today here at New City. If you're able to extend your hands, would you do so for a benediction as we go? Now may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. May the Lord this week make his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious unto you and turn his attention your way. And may the Lord today and all throughout this week fill you with his peace and his power to go help people find and follow Jesus and your relational world. Love you, New City. Thanks for being here today.